No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, a note from the author. When I was a kid, they called me JJ, and I actually lived in Vancouver, Washington during World War II. I remember the project, the community center and the shipyards, the vast wilderness on our doorsteps, the Columbia River, being able to see Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood, and Mount Hood from where we lived. The memories and experiences are indelibly etched into my mind. Sometimes it seems like yesterday, but in reality it was a long time ago. Being a kid in the 40s was so different from today, at least from what I can see of 21st century kids and their lives. In the 40s, kids were free to try things, to play games with the neighborhood kids out in the neighborhood, to get into fights, to make up, to fail, and to succeed. It truly was a different world. And on top of that, the death, destruction, and chaos of World War II was very close to everyone. It was dramatic and affected everything and everyone. My family had moved from Wichita, Kansas to the West Coast because the war was on and labor was in short supply. There were good jobs along the Columbia River building ships, and those jobs were an important part of the war effort. We were aware of the war intimately. Some families in our community had young men in service. We knew which families these were. We could see special flags in their windows. The flags were blue pieces of cloth with a gold star. The flags were small, about the size of a piece of writing paper. They fit in a window easily. When someone was killed in action, the blue flag was replaced with a black one with a gold star in the middle. Unfortunately, we saw many black flags. Since so many young men were at war, mothers went to work. This was new then. Up to that point, mothers usually stayed home to take care of the house and kids. Yet there was so much demand for workers at the shipyards, everybody worked. And they worked long shifts, even Sundays. So who was watching the kids? Well, everyone in the community stepped up. The school, community center, the neighbors, even older kids helped. Partly because of this and partly because we were raised to be respectful, kids had a built-in respect for all adults in the community. My family went to Catholic Church, and us kids went to the Catholic school, which is called the Academy in Vancouver. Other kids went to the public school, but going to church was a given for everybody. All of us, having the same moral foundation, added a distinct flavor and discipline to everything. So even when we were on our own, which was quite often, we knew what was right and what was wrong, and we looked out for each other. We kids survived during the war. We had to make do most of the time as there were shortages of everything, sometimes even food. So we did what we could. We fished in the river for sturgeon and fish in the hatchery swamp, got chased out many times. In addition, we were farm workers, picking beans, strawberries, and other crops when it was time. We could get on a farm bus at five in, in the morning and spend the whole day at a nearby farm picking whatever they needed to harvest. We only did it part of the time. There were others, whole families even, that picked and harvested for a living year-round. 
but we had time to have fun too. We went treasure hunting at the dump a lot and also learned how to shoot rats with bows and arrows there. We had many overnighters and played in the woods all summer long by and in the Columbia River and in creeks feeding into the Columbia. I learned how to do the activities described in this story. Splashing, making a lean-to, making bark rope, making fire from scratch, and in the rain, making back frames, making trout lines, and much more, just by playing with the other kids. Somebody knew a little, and we improvised a lot. My friends and I usually didn't spend much time in town, because we had to hurry to catch the bus going to the project. We actually spent more time playing in the woods around Lisa Road School and at the community center. We spent a lot of time there with the other kids that showed up, and we made crafts, played games, and went to the movies. Back in the 1800s, mountain men did live in the wilderness of the West Coast. They trapped animals for furs and interacted with the Indians, sometimes served as guides. When I was in Washington, there was still a man living in the woods and trapping animals just north of the school. All us kids knew him, and many had seen him come and go occasionally. In the mid-1900s, stories about Indians were common. Good stories, scary stories, heroic stories, and of course, the cowboy and Indian movies. We lived in an area where there were Indian reservations close by, such as the Yakima Valley, east of Vancouver. Historically, they lived along the west coast from Oregon to Seattle, Washington. From time to time, we'd see a real American Indian off the reservation while we were out exploring or on a fishing trip. In addition, a few American Indian families, like Phillips, lived in the project, and we played with their kids. Two boys became my friends, and Philip and Daryl were the names we actually picked for them. Billy, Alex, and Looney were my best friends. I hope you've enjoyed this story. So that's it for now, from where the pigs fly and the corn grows tall. Take care. All my love. Grandpa Jim. <laughs>